Good morning, everyone. Welcome to today's episode of Shine and Flow. Today, I'm really excited because I have an awesome guest on the show. Her name is Kate, and she's a good friend of mine from Canada. Um, she's a psychotherapist, so she has a lot of wonderful things to tell us about. But before we get started, let's go ahead and start with a deep breath in and out. In, out, in, and out. Oh, that always feels so nice. Yes. <laughs> so, Kate, how are you doing today? I'm doing great today. Thanks, Lucy. I am so excited that you're taking time today out of your fun San Diego itinerary mm -hmm. to talk to me and everyone else out there about some interesting topics and mm -hmm. um, maybe some tips on how to live a balanced lifestyle. So um, tell me a little bit about yourself so everyone else out there can get to know you. Okay, um, I live in Canada. I'm originally from the States, but I've been in Canada for about 20 years now. I um, am a healthcare provider. I initially went to Canada because I was a midwife, and oh. that was my the start of my career. Yeah. Oh my and goodness. Then, um, I became a, a nurse, and I was specialized in mental health and substance use and maternal mm -hmm. child public health. Mm -hmm. uh, I got very interested in that process in psychotherapy, uh, started studying psychotherapy. I've also uh, become a certified energy healer and I've studied core shamanic practices. Uh, my focus now in psychotherapy um, is on somatic approaches to working in particular with trauma, like complex trauma and dissociation, mm -hmm. uh, with attachment issues. I'm very interested in psychedelics as a modality to assist psychotherapy. I think there's tremendous potential there yeah. that we're just starting yeah. to realize. That's uh -huh. exciting to me. And I'm an educator as well and a college administrator. So. You do so many yeah, things. Yeah, and I'm a, a, a mom with uh, two kids. I have oh, a... Oh, you're also a mom. Oh, yes, my goodness. I have an almost 21-year-old and, and a nine-year-old. Wow. So, yeah. Oh, my gosh. That's amazing. How do you do this all? I, you know, I just, I always uh, liken it to being um, you know, a circus performer doing like a high wire act, <laughs> like you're on a tightrope. And the thing that you don't do is like look down yeah. you know you don't look down you don't look at your feet you just look at where you're going there and you, you go that's that's what i do yeah. that's awesome and yeah. you know i really do appreciate you and your energy you have like a very youthful exciting energy oh, thank yeah you. you really do it's yeah. awesome so thank i'm excited you. to talk to you a little bit today mm -hmm. about um Let's dive right in sure. to psychotherapy yeah. because I'm just so fascinated by that. And mm -hmm. um, any time I have a chance, I'm looking up articles about you know psychology today and things yes. like that. And I find that so fascinating from just like um, a neuroscience to like psychology and just how people's thoughts affect their reality and how to change that. You know, so right. this is totally up my alley, Great. and I'm so excited <laughs> and the psychedelics thing especially mm, i yes. read a few articles about that and yes. how it really helps people transcend barriers and limitations that yes. 
they potentially couldn't do with just um, talking therapy or just on their own. Right. So yeah, could you tell me more about that? I'm really interested. Yeah, you know, as you as you say, when people think of therapy, they think of talking. You know, we have that um, old model that comes out of psychoanalysis, yeah, right. right? You know, where you're not even necessarily making eye contact. <laughs> yes. Or you're imagining your analyst. Yeah. <laughs> yeah and, exactly. and there's there's a lot of value, you know, in that in that tradition. But we've just you know. We've just been building on it over over the decades now, right? Yeah, and, um, that's great. So, yeah, bringing in you know, like starting in the '60s and the '70s approaches that were sort of more uh, present moment focused, you know, mm-hmm. person centered, mm-hmm. um, in work like you know Gestalt, where it's like, okay, we're just going to talk about what's happening right now. We're going to talk about the energy and the dynamic that's in the room right now, and make that the focus. Um, and then bringing in somatic approaches to therapy, which have been um, more consistent in, in Europe and a little bit more marginalized in North America, oh. but that are really experiencing, um, you know, a lot of uh, attention now, mm-hmm. especially as approaches to working with trauma, because we know that just talking about traumatic experience doesn't really serve the healing process as right. well as really focusing it on the nervous system and oh. all of the physical patterning around that traumatic experience that we carry with us. So that's... Wow. Like a really powerful way in, and that was my focus. And then discovering psychedelics as a modality um, on top of that has been really powerful. And you know, when we're talking about psychedelic therapy, we're just really talking about um, introducing non ordinary states of consciousness as a healing mechanism. So, you know, I was oh, used I to, love yeah. how you said that. Yeah, I'm that is to. so cool since it has such a negative connotation, right? Yes. It's like, oh, psychedelics. Non, non-ordinary states of consciousness. So, you I know, like I, I had already been doing that through my energy healing, through my shamanic work, and, you know, healing traditions, you know, throughout time and you know, all across the world have mm-hmm. utilized non-ordinary states of consciousness yeah. and, and healing. So many indigenous traditions Absolutely. have that as really their core approach, right? Yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah. The shamans going into trances yes. and, yes. you know, whoever it is they're working with, same thing. You see it all the time. And right documentaries and books you read and things like that. And doing that that in a container of a relationship and a sense of safety, sometimes even a group dynamic Mm -hmm. in that type of healing work. And so all of that shows up in psychedelics as well, right? So they are... Um, you know, substances, they're very powerful substances. Mm-hmm. So in our culture, there's a, um, a tendency to look at that from this sort of biomedical perspective of what is the, this, you know, chemical compound on a molecular mm-hmm. level, what is it doing to our body tissues and thinking that that's the mechanism of how these things work. But the psychedelic psychotherapy aspect says, no, it's, it's these non-ordinary states of consciousness that are introduced by these substances mm-hmm. happening in a relational context with the therapist you know, and, and as part of a, an ongoing psychotherapeutic process. So it's sort of taking all of the different tools that we have and bringing that to bear on some of our most kind of intractable problems. You know, we see so much depression and anxiety now, and so much of it rooted in Absolutely. trauma that's sort of unacknowledged, right? Yes. And we're starting to Just understand. trying to hide it away, but it doesn't yeah. happen that way, right? It no. just keeps building upon no. it and it doesn't just go away. That's right. And yeah. it is in our bodies, you know, like Bessel mm. van der Kolk's huge book in 2014 the body keeps the score but about Rothschild's work the body remembers I gotta read that yeah all of these <laughs> I, things I so believe in that right yeah. point to the fact that we that we carry these experiences in our body and in our deep psyche and so really trying to use all the tools that we have at our disposal to to help 
people because it, it really is sort of like a, a, a silent or not so silent epidemic really that a lot of it mm-hmm. stems from um, child maltreatment early life problems so also looking at yeah. you know child maltreatment oh, and yeah. lack of support for families mm-hmm. and parents and trying to do the best they can for their children right. um, as, as really a public health crisis that that we're experiencing yeah. Right yeah and that's um you know i wanted to ask you what you think is the because there has been a rise in anxiety and depression yes that's correct right it is so yeah. what do you think is the cause of that like why now oh gosh there's so many different perspectives on that mm-hmm. you know you could say like we're like advanced late stage capitalism and we're <laughs> you know that that's like stressful <laughs> on humans we know that and that <laughs> yeah. along with that we have this incredible alienation from nature and the destruction of our natural habitat a oh, species destroying gosh. its own natural habitat how, is yeah, going so to introduce anxiety and, and depression, a sense of alienation. Uh, you know, we're, we're increasingly disconnected from one another in meaningful ways. Um, it, you know, there's a huge acceleration of change, you know, where there's so much promise in technology in terms of what it can do for us as a species, but I think it's happening faster than we're able to really adjust to on a psychological level, mm-hmm. and we don't necessarily understand, you know, all of the possible consequences of that. There's so many unintended consequences of yeah. this big acceleration that we're having in, right. in technology. And you know, and then there's even larger perspectives, like are we really shifting in our consciousness as a species right now? And you know, is that is that, that could be yeah, the cause exactly. as well. Yeah, there's a you lot know, do of we, things. Do we have like a level of consciousness coming into the species, particularly through younger people, that is sort of incompatible with mm. our current matrix, you know? Oh my and is, gosh. Is, yes. is, is that kind of lack of fit part of this general Malaise that we're experiencing. There's so many different ways and, of, of, of looking at why do we have depression, oh anxiety, man, that environmental would... pollution, nutrition, <laughs> like on the physical level, from an integral perspective, there's so many different uh, so contributing factors. So many things that yeah. it could be that yeah. it's like, but absolutely. I mean, just um, the other day we were talking about this, but how there's just so much pollution in our bodies just yeah. from the things we eat and the yeah. things we're consuming just through our eyes and totally. the noise around us at all times like yes. all of that is pollution and yes. how can you be clear within yourself and find peace and really connect to that inner divinity and that mm-hmm. that actual joy within you mm-hmm. when you're clouded with all of this contamination and yeah, yeah. to add the you know like you said the separation of nature and mm-hmm. seeing nature as an object outside of ourselves right. versus as part of us. Yes. I just, oh or my we gosh. as part of it, like yes. not understanding our own embeddedness in this larger web. You're right. Right, which, yeah. is, which is the worldview of so many indigenous traditions. There's so many ways of describing this different web of life mm-hmm. that we're embedded in and interdependent with and you know, honoring all those different relationships and the idea of right relation, you know, how is everything in right relationship to each other? And we know now we're not in right relationship in so many ways. Really? That's maybe the the way of describing what's going on here with the psyche at the moment, Mm -hmm. especially in young people. Yeah. Oh, I have so many friends that are, you know, my age, younger, and Mm -hmm. there's just this like, what would it be like an overall feeling I feel of doom with a lot of people that are younger and that are my age yeah where it's just a lot of them are starting to question you know the corporate nine to five and a lot of them are starting to feel this like angst within their soul of Mm -hmm. something not adding up 
Yes. And I, I think that to me gives me hope because mm -hmm. that's showing, I think, a change in consciousness yeah. and people just becoming more aware of what it really is to have the human experience, right? Yes. We're not machines. We're not meant to function like a machine, nine to five, same thing every day, all day till we die. Yeah. You're killing your soul, right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I, oh, this is so great, Kate. Yeah, yes. <laughs> I see that in a lot of my young female clients as well. By young, I mean sort of, you know, between like, you know, 24 and 34. I yeah. A number of clients in that age group who are sort of just trying to figure out how to survive and thrive at the same time are finding it really challenging and, mm -hmm. you know, are, are finding that they don't fit into the the mold that they're expected to be right yeah yeah that's um that's just what happens it's like your soul is in conflict mm -hmm. with the rest of the world and society and yeah. you can't really seem to find your place and yeah. then it causes that sense of disillusionment which then creates those limitations yeah right and then that's where we get stuck with how do we get past those limitations so right that's something you know i wanted to ask about mm -hmm. was the the psychedelics how yes. can that help people um push through that and you know this is this for everyone or is this mm -hmm. just how does this work interesting okay so um psychedelics are are definitely about um opening up into so rather than pushing through kind of the energy of it is mm -hmm. that that you um you allow the experience you open to the experience and then there's a sort of dissolving of what is familiar um in terms of our everyday material mm -hmm. reality yeah. and and we can um experience um, a sense of being and a larger reality that is beyond our immediate material reality and our immediate physical senses uh -huh. so that it, it, for many people who are sort of seeking something more than this it, it there's sort of an immediate confirmation of yeah i knew it i knew that there was more to it than this. i knew it wasn't crazy so yeah it can it can be sort of an affirmation of that sense of like there's you know there's got to be something beyond kind of this matrix in a sense if we yeah. use you know i think that that movie's 20 years old yeah. now, right and they're making a fourth one but it's so brilliant right because it's like okay how am I conditioned? What are my conditioned perceptions, yes. reactions? What are the conditioned limitations that I have to mm -hmm. my, you know, my senses and, um, you know, the way that I, I see and understand my world? You know, what if I were to kind of remove some of those blinders? Mm -hmm. You know, what would mm -hmm. my experience of myself, the natural world, other people be like, right? And right. So, so take away the conditioning, take away mm -hmm. cultural norms, expectations. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And what we call in the brain the default mode network, so that that uh, uh -huh. on that neurological level, sort of what our brain is uh, conditioned to do, um, you know, at rest, or like how do we stay kind of task focused uh -huh. or that kind of thing where it's like okay if we come out of our ordinary way of thinking mm -hmm. and perceiving mm -hmm. then then what happens if right. um, you know if we introduce uh, Robin Carhart Harris you know talks about it like um, you know entropy or that that little bit of of, of chaos right mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. then what do we learn about ourselves we find that we have a, a relaxation of some of our rigidly held beliefs and we go oh wait a minute maybe 
that isn't the way that I was so sure that it was. Yeah. And and it just opens up a lot of different possibilities, right? Right. how we understand ourselves, how we understand ourselves in the world, how we understand our relationships with other people. Yeah. That's that's really powerful because, I mean, um, it's just, I, we get so stuck in what we think mm-hmm. is correct. Yes. And what our culture teaches us is right or wrong. Yes. And a lot of times, um, I talk a lot about ego on yes. my podcast. Yes. And how our ego is just more and more inflated, mm. right? And mm-hmm. I feel like these psychedelic experiences potentially strip away the ego, right? Mm-hmm. There's a concept called ego loss or ego dissolution. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, in our culture, we have a sense of ego maybe being not a good thing because we think in terms of people being egotistical or oh, you know self-centered or, or rigid right but the the ego is is very useful and necessary for kind of navigating oh. a, a, you know navigating 3d reality in an adult way right? yeah so we, <laughs> so we, we we don't want to annihilate it um, <laughs> right but we want to understand it for what it is and we don't want oh, to be I love that we understand it yeah, not we annihilate it we don't want to over identify with it if we start thinking that that's what we are and that's all we are mm-hmm. then then we're missing so much of our of our depths right yes and um mm-hmm. and and then we have a tendency to become you know self-centered self-referential to right. be too certain of what we you know are sure we know right yeah and so it's um it's it's a it's a balance it's kind of it, it, i think of it as sort of going beyond ego right getting a perspective on on that ego and then yes you can use psychedelics to sort of dissolve that further and that that's um a little bit of the deep end that's not where i would start with somebody i think that would freak someone out right everything i've ever known it certainly could (laughs) you know you asked like is this for everybody i think that was one of your questions yes is is this this for for everybody everybody? and so i'm very you know careful right like you know psychedelic psychotherapists i should say are very um careful right in in deciding um you know who they're going to work with and what the starting point is going to be Mm -hmm. um you know, a lot of what we um, officially know about psychedelic psychotherapy comes from clinical research, and of course, they have very tight parameters about oh, you know who yeah. you know whom they're working with, whom right. they will work with, right? Right. Um, Definitely. So, you know, and, and to get back to the point of ego, you do want there to be what we would call ego strength, right? Somebody who has you know a baseline, a a, a solid sense of who they are right yeah within themselves okay right Uh and has that capacity to kind of really um go inward delve within without becoming um disoriented or you know feeling lost or feeling anxious right Mm -hmm. so so we needed we do need a bit of what we call ego strength to for somebody to be like a really good candidate you know for the therapy so sometimes um, you know, in preparation work, I do a lot of preparation work. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that would be, you know, helping people get to the point where, you know, they might be ready to have a psychedelic psychotherapeutic experience. Okay. You know, we, there's Got a lot it. of talk so in the community. Not yeah, just, there's, there's here's some of... LSD, jump on in. Okay. Get... <laughs> 
totally. So we're, that that was maybe the older model, like the older older <laughs> model, or the counterculture model of the '60s and such. And yeah, so we're not, right. You know, we're careful now. We understand that these are very powerful yes, tools, and yes. you know, we want to use them ethically, responsibly, compassionately. Yeah. Um, all of that. So, uh, you know, there's a lot of talk in the community now about the importance of integration. You mm-hmm. know, like what do people do? And I do that work um, as well. What do people do after their psychedelic experiences? How do they um, contextualize them, recontextualize them, um, make meaning of them, implement them into their daily lives in terms mm. of real shifts in their yeah. behavior, you know, in their sense of being, right? Um, but I'm also all about preparation, right? Yeah. Like that is really... Very important. That is really key. So like if I'm uh, working with somebody, as I often do, who has, you know, quite complex trauma, is quite dissociative, so they, there's a lot of groundwork to be done there, yeah. you know, you know, for that that mm-hmm. person to be ready for, for psychedelics. Yeah, so you start yeah. little by little getting there, mm-hmm. um, making sure that the that, timing is right. Yeah, and that's that's the psychotherapy part, right? Mm-hmm. You know, there are people who, who are oriented just towards medicine work, you know, like having experiences with the medicine that are that are healing and that and that's wonderful. That's not so much my my bag, right? I'm mm-hmm. I'm, I'm a psychotherapist, so um, you know, the way that I see these medicines is as tools yeah. right, in the context of, of psychotherapy, right? Absolutely. And, yeah, and I think yeah. they've just gotten, I think people, you know, like with anything, we can take advantage of things. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people have maybe misused things like that. Mm. And because of that, our culture is more prone to thinking that that could be negative and that it's not a good thing and mm. you know psychedelics are the devil mm. but i think used within the right context and used with the right intention mm-hmm. is really and well we the know key. i think i think all of that is very true and then you know we also know that um uh in terms of relative harms like david nutt is a researcher in the uk who's done a lot of you know brilliant publication around this uh we know in terms of relative harms psychedelics are not dangerous <laughs> they're really not uh-huh. you know what's dangerous alcohol alcohol is really yeah. dangerous right i mean and and, yeah. and yet we don't seem to have any problem with coming up with a regulatory system for making that pretty readily available <laughs> you to the are public, so right? dead on so absolutely. oh my gosh yeah no it, um, absolutely excellent research he's done if you want if you want to look that up what we know is that yeah. these psychedelic substances are some of the least problematic substances in terms of problems with um, addiction or dependence or problems with direct behavioral consequences or mm-hmm. indirect behavioral and societal mm-hmm. impacts. You know, we know that they're they're not the problem. What's the problem about them is that they start getting people to really question the rules of the game. That's Terrence, those, are, that, those are Terrence McKenna's words. <laughs> yes, they exactly. They get us to question like the they're rules just trying of the game. To keep people ignorant yeah. and trying to keep people right? not discovering their true they, self. They make right? people ask a whole lot of questions about why things are the way they yes. are. And that is the last thing you want because when you have everyone following the same set of rules and guidelines, you have control. Yeah. Well, we live in a fear-based right? society. And yep. A lot of a Absolutely. lot of our mechanisms of social control are fear based, yeah. right? And so when when people are having these um, you know profound um, experiences beyond ego or transpersonal experiences that are um, you know mystical in, in nature. Mm-hmm they are not feeling scared in that moment you yeah. know they're feeling a lot of 
awe, you know, a lot of like peace, potentially. yeah, peace. And, um, you know, not to say that there can't be scary moments in psychedelics, there can be, but like, that's the, that's the facilitated, you know, guided kind of part of it, you mm-hmm. know, and you understand that that's maybe part of the process, confronting some things within yourself that could be challenging. But generally speaking, you know, it gives people a sense of like, maybe there's not so much to be scared of in the world, you know, Uh like maybe, yeah. (laughs) No one wants to. (laughs) Yeah, and and in terms of that sense of like um, unity, right? Mm -hmm. Like really that we're all part of the same fabric. Well, then what is there to be afraid of? Who's your enemy? You know, like who are you going to blame for things being the way they are, right? It it just really fundamentally challenges our current paradigm. And And isn't it the best way to control people is to have a divided people absolutely and scared people so absolutely you know let's keep them ignorant let's keep mm-hmm. them in their little hamster wheels and yeah life is good because we're still in control right. and right. you know right. along right. with that like just touching upon what society deems is right and not right mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. what you have to follow versus you know you can't do this you you can do that you should do this you shouldn't do that mm-hmm. so one of those things is um, monogamy yeah. right People are, um, our society has been taught that it's a man and woman mm-hmm. and that's it. And one, one man, one woman. One man, one Till death do you part. Right, exactly. So, at least sequentially, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I'm curious to learn mm-hmm. more about, um, this is something that you implement in your lifestyle, yeah. a polyamorous that's lifestyle. Right. That's right. Could, could yeah. you tell me more? Because I'm very just green about this. I have no idea what this is about. Sure, yeah. The umbrella term there um, would be consensual non-monogamy, right? Mm-hmm. So the idea that you, that we are free to to create the relationship models that work for us, you know, and that as long as we are all um, aware, informed, consenting adults creating those models together, then where's the harm, right? Mm -hmm. And that there's a lot of potential benefit to be derived in terms of having relationships that feel more authentic, um, that um, meet better meet our needs, uh-huh. and that can be um, very collaborative and mutually supportive. That's what I have in my life um, right yeah. now. That's been such a a blessing. I mean, I've I've always been oriented towards polyamory since I mean. Um, you know, since I was young in the early 90s, and I didn't really have many takers on that. It's just like, what is wrong with you? You're, you're promiscuous, or you're just, right. you just want to play, you just Judgment, want to have fun. Right. And, yeah. you know, and to me, like, I was like, no, like, my my term was more like polyfidelity, right? Like, you know, the, the idea that you can have, like, really deeply um, loving and committed relationships that don't have to be exclusive, either romantically exclusive or sexually exclusive, mm-hmm. right? And mm-hmm. so now that's so much more in the culture, and I'm so pleased with that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a lot of what's out there, um, you know, more publicly in terms of polyamory is still this um, model of it that is hierarchical and that is kind of couple centric mm, you know so mm-hmm. the the standard idea is that there's a, a couple and they're um, deciding that they want to open up the relationship and deciding uh-huh. how they're going to do that and what that's going to look like and that is the way that many many people do polyamory and that that is fine again like con- consensual and informed mm-hmm. wonderful um, that's just never been my kind of way of, of doing relationships mm-hmm. um, so 
in, in my current situation, um, it's more about the, the, the center of it isn't the couple. The center of it is um, an adult who is sort of a sovereign, autonomous adult, but who's willing to be interdependent in this sort of network or web of other like-minded people. Um, oh, okay, so more like yeah. a collaboration? Yeah, it is. That's, oh. that's sort of what's organically developed in my own life. We didn't oh, intend for it to be that way, but over the space of, I would say, well, all, all really within 2019, 2019 was such a big year, um, this, this beautiful like network of, of people in my life kind of came together. We were all people who were doing what's sometimes called solo polyamory, meaning that I'm not in a primary relationship with anyone. My primary relationship is with myself, right? Oh, okay. Um, and so we all had that model. And that model is often about, you know, not kind of mixing uh, cohabitation, not mixing finances, not mixing, um, oh, okay. you know, uh, familial or social responsibilities. And so we were all kind of coming at it from that perspective. But then we found like these really deep, bonds were kind of growing, um, you know, among all of us. Um, and, uh, you know, we started talking about living together. Um, oh, so, wow. Yeah. So my, my, um, girlfriend, I have, I have two partners at the moment. I have, um, a female partner, male partner. They're both like, uh, yeah, well, yeah, they, my, my girlfriend identifies as, as female, but it's gender fluid, right? Okay. And my uh, male partner is a cisgendered uh, man. He's heterosexual. Um, my girlfriend is bisexual. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, Got so it. my two partners. Um, and, you know, my girlfriend and, and I were looking at... M- sharing a household, creating a household together, mm-hmm. sort of not necessarily moving in together as a couple, but creating a household together um, that would really uh, support us spending time together because we're both sort of these alpha career women with yeah. other relationships. It's like, how are we ever going to see each other? Yeah. Maybe if we had the same address, that would help. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so Let's start like, there. Right? So yeah. there's that. And then also her... Um, a relationship with my younger child that was really blossoming. There's just a deep soul connection between those two people oh. that we started to to recognize that that really this child that I'd had on my own with a donor, I'd actually also had for her. Like it just really, we, we all strongly felt that. And so wow. we thought, okay, well, let's have a home that is centered around this child who mm-hmm. has sort of chosen us for parents, yeah, you know, at different yeah. times. I was the birth mom, right? But my partner is is very much the other parent now, right? Uh-huh. Um, and and see where it goes. So, you know, we've hoped that the men might move in <laughs> But they're also come you on know, in and get they, some help. Yes, huh? yes. Oh, they're they're very present and very helpful, and but you know, still living in their own Got places. It. Okay, for, for now. Um, oh wow, this is so interesting. Yeah. yeah. So my um, girlfriend has uh, two partners, mm-hmm. um, both uh, both male, um, one bisexual and one I don't know. I would say heteroflexible. I don't want to speak for him, but that's kind of how I, I okay. See it. Um, and then I have um, you know my boyfriend who until more recently was in a very long-term relationship with a woman who is um, so dear to me like you know she and I 
Matt and just were like soul instant. Oh soul my goodness! Friends. So she's a very very dear person. That's not something you normally hear. Well. No, <laughs> it's 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 not. And and, and I'm, uh, you know, it's sort of sad to me in a sense that that, um, you know, for now they're not as close. And I, I would I want them oh. to be closer. Oh my so goodness! I'm the therapist in me is, say- is trying to facilitate that, you know, because I... <laughs> oh, you're so altruistic. <laughs> but, okay, so yeah. this is my question with, with those types of relationships. Yeah. How do people not get jealous? Oh, Because right. that's, like, the biggest thing with monogamy, Very right? Very common is, question. Yeah. So the idea there is that our emotions aren't our enemy and that, you know, what we label as negative, you know, uh-huh. quote-unquote emotions don't have to be negative. They can you know if anything they can help us grow their information like as a therapist i would say look our emotions aren't good or bad they're just information right they have okay they're here to communicate with us so if we yeah. listen if we if we don't have a secondary freak out about them being present and, and we actually just stay sort of calm and self-compassionate and listen to uh-huh. like what is this emotion telling me it's or it's trying to orient me right now yeah. to my situation and uh-huh. tell me what's important to me or tell me where I need healing or or you know tell me what I really want or need you know that's just information right and so jealousy um, you know it can happen mm-hmm. but you know it's it's not necessarily a bad thing we don't see it as um, you know something that we're trying to kind of push away or something okay. that we want to avoid. Um, and we see it as something that we have the capacity to manage, mm. you know, both within ourselves in terms of our own foundation of emotional regulation, mm-hmm. um, and then to to deal with in relationship with with one another, right? You right. know, so that if um, you know, I my partner was experiencing jealousy, then you know, compassionately, I would do everything I could to help facilitate them in sitting with that emotion, metabolizing that emotion, mm. figuring out what that was telling us about our relationship. Is there something that we need to adjust? Are you, is there something that you need from me that you mm-hmm. aren't getting and how can we, um, right. yeah. Or something well, within yourself, yeah, right? That yeah. you might need to work through, sure. work on. you know, yeah. like, have I been a dick about something? Like, <laughs> I, I, I want to know about that if I yeah. <laughs> And, and then um, the wonderful thing about this web of relationships is that we we all do that for each other, right? So, okay. um, you know, if if I were having um, an issue with a partner, then the other people in our, our web, I think we're about eight people now, mm-hmm. um, would would kind of marshal their emotional resources and support to to help that person, mm. right? So, wow. So you all yeah. have to be very um, emotionally mature it's, and just very mature to be able to do communi- something communication like Communication skills, like yes. awareness, stillness, <laughs> communication skills, these things are important. You know, like last spring, like this time last year, I was having a really hard time with my with my girlfriend and mm-hmm. like we thought that we might break up and um, her, one of her um, partners, one of her boyfriends, um, you know, I had been, he and I had been kind of struggling and kind of working through some stuff and I probably hadn't been super nice to him for that period of time uh-huh. and I get emotional I think about this he was so in my court he was Aww. he was saying to his girlfriend right yeah. our shared partner you know like 
don't do anything rash you know you know you love Kate so much she loves you so oh. much you know like really him, really, really him really believing in our relationship and believing in me as a person that I wow. had the capacity to work through some attachment stuff really which is what I was working through at mm. that time mm -hmm. so that I could kind of come to this new level of relationship or this new capacity for relating intimately to the people around me that I was sort of struggling to arrive at yeah. as we do, right? That's, Absolutely. that's the inner work. And, and I, I and think he, you hit yeah. the nail on the head with saying that um, going through that struggle helped you reach a new level. Yeah. Absolutely. That's powerful. Absolutely. Yeah, because for me, you know, everyone has their own thing. For me, jealousy isn't the issue. For me, privacy is the issue. I'm <laughs> such a private person. That, yeah. But yeah. coming into this new sort of more open way of living where you're a little bit more emotionally yeah. exposed and, you know, like it's, you're not kind of keeping things to yourself or yeah. keeping anything secret. For me, that was the challenge. Jealousy hasn't been as much of a challenge mm -hmm. for me. Not that I couldn't experience that or don't. I, I could. It's just right. not my kryptonite. You know? Yes, yes. <laughs> right. That's not this, your thing you're dealing with. Yeah, yeah, for me, like coming out of kind of extreme self-reliance and, and mm. you know, extreme privacy, that's more where my work Got is it. In, in terms of being part of like a... And polycule is... It's a, it's a fun term. It's, you know... Polycule. Like, yeah, yeah. It's a, like the, instead of like a molecule it's a it's a, oh. it's a, it's a polycule and so <laughs> the light bulb just went off for yes, me yes yes i didn't understand it okay polycule i had never even heard of that till today so from, yeah. i learned something new so today sort of collection of molecules that are yeah creating this new structure right wow yeah well so. that is amazing and, and it's kate it's been such a pleasure yeah. getting to know all of this and yeah. all of your knowledge and mm -hmm. you have so much wisdom oh you really do and so much to share it's i mean i feel like we could go on forever <laughs> yeah oh yeah no i could go on forever like it's it's just the most like supportive relationship structure i've ever known it gives me incredible uh freedom and security you know and it's that paradox people think that they're going to feel incredibly insecure in this relationship structure. Yeah, but that was felt, my first thought. <laughs> yeah, I've never felt more secure and supported and cared wow. for. And like, I truly have a, a loving family, mm. you know, around me and my children. That's yeah. so nice. Yeah, life yeah. is good. I'm so happy these days. Oh, I love yeah. that. And that's what I was saying. Your energy, you're radiating a lot of just happiness. And I, I love your energy. It's just very, like, mm. filling. Oh, thank you. <laughs> so thank, thank you, you so much for yes. taking time today. And like I said, hanging out with me and, you know, telling me more about this and mm -hmm. everyone who's listening, some really interesting information and just mm -hmm. opening our eyes and our minds to different realities of life and yes. you know different ways to do things yes and how you. we're all just different yes and that's okay yes. yeah also different and I think at the same time longing for a lot of the same things these ah, days that's so know? beautifully said yeah. absolutely I think that is yeah. really everyone at the end wants to be happy and they all yes. want to be fulfilled in some way yes yeah, yeah. oh thank you thank so much you. Kate this All has right. been a pleasure <laughs> and um, thank you to everyone listening if you found this interesting go ahead and share this with your friends and uh, make it an awesome day everyone remember that to continue shining and flowing this is your life make it awesome <laughs>